Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the Cretum de Dauphiné Stage 5. can't believe we're already five stages in. Cormoranche sur Seine to Salin Les Bains, 191 kilometers. This is how this race develops. It goes from the sort of sprint stages, hilly stages, a TT, and now a medium mountain puncher fest, but it could even be harder than that because the first 90k is flat. That makes it difficult for a really punchy break to maybe make it because of oh, form. Then 4k is 4%. Ridgeline, descent at the finish line, then two climbs of note. Uh, the Cote de... I don't know how to say ivory in French. The Ivory Hill, 2.2K is 5.7%. It's a category three with steeper sections in the last little bit. Then a rolling ridge line, not much flat at all, to be honest, with the Côte de Thézé. 3.7K is 8.2%, but the first two kilometers also are about 10% average. It's, a, it's not just a run up and punch for three minutes. It's a nine to 10 minute climb at steep gradient before, again, a false summit and then a descent, mostly pedaling to the finish, not really much flat to the finish after that climb either. So a very interesting stage design, offering something for a breakaway, for a puncher, and maybe even a GC contender if yeah. they have fantastic legs uh, to go on the attack. But you called him to go on the break, Benji, yesterday, and, and he got in at one of these riders. I think you're talking about Thomas de Hint. I am. Because he was in the breakaway. We said that Lotto Sudal should put someone in the breakaway just in case Von Hill's wants to go for the stage, then they don't have to chase the breakaway mm. the entire day. Now Von Hill's actually abandoned early on in the stage, unfortunately, because he was feeling ill the last couple of days, so that's unfortunate. That Despite good results while feeling ill, so that guy's got a future, that's for certain. Anyway, together with the end in the breakaway, Boss and Hagen, Nils Paulit, Gregard, Zimmermann, and Heinschke. And if you look at these riders, at least half of those are rulers, and that's what you said eh? when it comes to the parkour, that the initial flat section makes it harder for the punchy breakaway riders to, to get in the breakaway, for the real climbers to do it. So it's kind of a combination of climbers and rulers, rulers that can climb a tiny bit, or that have a history of getting up a hill at some point in their career. So that's what the breakaway is. It goes up to four minutes, and one rider or one team that you did not see in the breakaway that we also mentioned as a vital part of the stage is Quickstep, because if they are not in the break, then they're going to be chasing the break because Alaphilippe is their rider for this stage and they've got confidence in Alaphilippe after what happened earlier this week with a stage win. So we ended up seeing that. We ended up seeing Quickstep pacing, Bahrain pacing. With that gap at four minutes, those were the teams that were really doing the job with, with UAE doing stuff to keep the gap in control for the yellow jersey, Mikael Bjerg. But it really came down to the, the famous, the infamous Côte d'Ivory. Just wanted to say that in a nice way this time around. It's actually confusing because I got to agree with you. Why is it not called Côte d'Ivoire? Exactly, because Ivory Coast is Côte d'Ivoire. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I don't know what the reason is, but it is confusing. I agree, but it's Côte d'Ivoire this time. 
And um, yeah, the gap is now 1 minute 30 because EF comes to the front. Mm. And you kind of spoke about it yesterday. What did you expect EF doing here? I thought Basque Country, they were quite aggressive. They've been quite aggressive in a lot of races this season, actually. Um, sometimes, no, most of the time it hasn't worked out. It worked out at Mercantile Maritime, but at World Tour level, like at Basque Country, they I remember they launched Jonas a couple of times, and they came to the front with Andrea Piccolo, actually, and he paced very hard, the young Italian. Too hard for it to be for Sean Quinn. Because if it was for Sean Quinn, you wouldn't pace the climb so hard. You'd pace the valley harder and then the plateau between Cote uh, d'Ivoire and Cote d'Ivory and the Cote d'Etese. They'd pace there, but they paced the climb really hard, which was clearly then it's Carapaz time. He's in the His kit looks sick, I must say. It's nice and colourful. I really like it, um, his national champs kit. and I don't. You don't like it? It's too many colors. I like the Ecuadorian flag so much, but adding the pink onto it on one side, then a bit of white next to that, I was like, that's a bit much. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's better than you, eh? He's a national champ, better than Groschart <laughs> and Austrian <laughs> champs, kid. Anyway, we can all agree there. But yeah, I was like, they're going to set something up for Carapaz. Now, there's a risk that he, what happens to him is what happened in Basque Country as well. But anyway, they, they pace there and then they don't pace the plateau. The break gets another minute. Gets, it goes out a bit to a minute 11. I think they'd brought it down pretty close. And then there's a huge fight for positioning. I already said this yesterday. It, there's no flat between the descent and the start of this climb. So Yumbo's big bad rulers get to the front. Christophe Laporte, Nathan Van Hooydonk, Dylan Van Bala, Walter initially. And their job was keeping Jonas Vingegaard front and centre for that descent. Because not only keeping safe for the descent, but this is something... Quick maths. On a short climb, say nine minutes, let's say this climb's nine minutes, the difference between first position at the base and 50th position is probably three seconds, at least three, four seconds. And over across a nine-minute climb, that's actually a lot. And so you you won't be able to respond to an attack if you're back in that mm -hmm. position. So it's not just for safety. And it also made me uh, think... It also made me think, is Jonas going to try something? Because in Basque Country and Gran Camino, if you've been watching those races, he was super aggressive on similar climbs. And the problem is, Benji, he didn't have a lead out from his team today. Benoit didn't, there was no Volta, yeah. Benoit, Kreisweich super lead out. It was Quickstep who kind of took, Jumbo entered in first position, didn't do anything. Quickstep <laughs> took the front and then Björk had a problem, poor guy. Yeah, exactly. It's like a combination. I'll first handle your first point. The quick step coming to the front, it's like what David Enns and Alaphilippe did before, but now with Bajoli taking the spot of David Enns in that two-man operation. And while that is happening, while they move to the front, Mikel Bjerg is, uh, is crashing in the peloton. They go around this bend and he hits the floor, and we, we first didn't see him crashing, we first see him standing still and moving faster again, so something must have happened because he was clearly good enough to start pacing highly again, but that ruined any chance for him to even remotely try to save the... Mayo Jean today, then again, I think it would have been difficult looking at how difficult the climb was that yeah. came afterwards. But Bajoli's lead out, when he came to the front, I feel like it was too fast because Alaphilippe was not on his wheel and Bajoli looks behind him and kind of waits before Alaphilippe is on the wheel and then starts pacing again. I think he went to the front a bit too hard for what they were hoping for. But that setup basically meant that we had Quickstep at the front with... 
I think Vingegaard nearly isolated in, in their wheel and Carapaz nearly isolated in their wheel, right? Because from that point on, it's a teammates didn't do anything anymore, right? No, there's no Walter Bonneau doing anything. I can't remember if Alaphilippe did get any separation to the Hindley, Landa, Maas, O'Connor, whether it was the trio, but eventually the pace from Bagioli or whoever or Alaphilippe wasn't enough and Carapaz wanted to go and yep. actually get time back on the other GC guys. And I actually thought when he went, at the, I thought it was actually really smart because he's so far behind Vingegaard on GC that winning GC is unrealistic. He can maybe win the stage. Vingegaard will probably could collaborate with him because Vingegaard can take time on O'Connor, who's on 27 seconds, not two and a half minutes like Carapaz. So it seemed like actually a good duo. But the problem was Carapaz paced, 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 paced. Actually made the gap too big too quickly. And the whole time Vingegaard's in his wheel, I was like, bro, do you know who... And Vingegaard is aggressive. He's not just like a... I know, you know, he doesn't have the reputation of Pagacci yet, but we're starting to get there where he's not just going to come over you, give you a nice little turn, and then, oh, you can win the stage, no worries. He's like, actually, how about I drop you? And that's what happens. Uh, He drops Carapaz when he pulls through for the second time puts him on a big gap and then really opens up the taps because the group behind, maybe Carapaz slowed down, Benji, because I swear mm-hmm. the group, who was pacing the group behind? Was it Juanpe for Ciccone? I, w- I would say so, but I feel like when it comes to that collaboration, it was kind of like, we'll start pacing, see what it does, look behind us. It didn't really do much, so let's slow the tempo again. It was kind of reminding me of the pacing group behind Pogacar on Tinier. <laughs> Does yeah, that make any yeah. sense? Like, as in, they were trying initially to try and close the gap, but then there were moments where they weren't really trying and they were looking at each other and Landa and Haig were looking at each other like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and then other teams didn't have two riders because when it comes to Bora, the rider that was there was Hindley, right? Because Bookman wasn't there, right? Uh, no, he wasn't. So you would expect Bookman to at least be there, right? No. Why um, would you expect Bookman to be there? Okay. I, I don't know, in, in like a 25-man group, I would hope that Bookman is still alive. No. Not anymore? Five years ago, maybe? The 2019 Tour de France has not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> Alphalete was the same climbing level as these guys <laughs> for three weeks. Anyway, I love Bernal. Bernal was there, which was good. Um, but yeah, it's, O'Connor's got no teammate in a group of 30, which is a problem uh, to pace. And because yeah. if he paces, yeah, it's 8%, 8, and it levels to 7%. But if he paces the whole climb, he risks getting attacked, and people yeah. did attack. The real the team that had numbers were uh, UAE. They had Groschartner yeah. hanging on at the back. Micah was there, but probably struggling. And Yates, but Yates is their best GC rider, but he lost time to Groschartner in the TT yesterday. But if I was them, I would, it'd be all in on Yates. And they got Bjerg behind too. Who's trying to come back? So yeah, no one really. Trek, I saw the the team the most trying to take yeah, it. Yeah, but I feel like UAE was trying as well because near the top and of the climb. After the climb, after the climb of like on top of the climb, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily in the descent yet, but Michael was pacing for a bit mm. in the last five hundred meters. Then Adam Yates took over himself and kind of had three seconds of separation when he did that. But then everybody stormed back to his wheel. But in the descent, Yates can't do this entire descent against the Jonas Vingegaard either. Then I would expect Vingegaard to to probably take time on on the boy behind, on the man behind in the, in, the, in the group behind. And the gap was was exploded, like you said. It, it was up to 
36 seconds? 40, 41 seconds at one point. Ooh. On a nine minute, 10 minute climb, that's a big, big gap. And then there's a plateau afterwards, bit down, but it's still pedaling, big ring. But the, you think, oh, why won't the group just catch him? Well, <laughs> Rafael Mike is not going to pedal faster than Jonas Vingegaard on a 3% yep. downhill. So he's taken, he takes note, he keeps the gap the same on that section. And then you've got a little kick up. I think Bernal, I'm not sure who attacked. And then there's a pedaling yep. downhill. Uh, it's not, it's steep enough that you're not going to lose too much time. So without multiple, I mean, Bahrain's the one team that had two guys that would look like they're in pretty good shape, but I, I don't think they realistically think they can win the race. So why would you chase Vingegaard if you, you first of all, you're not going to win the sprint if you bring him back. Alaphilippe wins. And second of all, you, Landers shipped three minutes yesterday. And how you could be happy, I think, with a top five on GC here. So, yeah. Anyway, Vingegaard, he looks super aerodynamic, rides away, wins the stage, kind of Pogaccia style, actually, almost seemingly with no competition, made it look easy, but I'm sure it wasn't. I'd like to see the watts on that climb. And yeah, just just too good. Yep, Vingegaard too good in this stage. But when it comes to those opponents, we said why they wouldn't do what they maybe should do to try and win the race. For example, Landa and Haig, why are they not facing after after Vingegaard? Because they think they're aiming for the podium at this point. Because yep. they don't think they can beat you on us. But that aside, what do you prefer as a as a fan of the sport versus as a DS of the team? Because as a DS of the team, you'd say, go for the podium. You shouldn't try to follow Vingegaard because that's an unrealistic thing to do at this point. Or maybe try and follow until you have a calculated moment that you see, I can't follow this tempo and then then set your own tempo from that point onwards. But you wouldn't say keep on pacing with Vingegaard in your wheel, like with Carapaz, for example. But from a fan perspective, I'm like, yeah, Carapaz, come on, come on. Oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Carapaz was great to watch. But yeah, I think he pulled fish for too long with, yep. with Jonas in his wheel. You know, pull for a little bit, open the gap up, but eventually he has to relay. Um, I think he put himself fully into the red. And then when Jonas accelerated, he just, and he got dropped on the climb by the chasing yeah. group. He went, he fully cracked himself. So he didn't pace it very well. Um, Did he lose time? Uh, no, I think he got, he got back to the group just on the, on the ridge line. Um, Actually, he lost 14 seconds in the end. Get it with Groschartner. Oh, wow. I, and Godou I lost it, 40, yeah. 30 seconds. I mean, Godou, Godou and Rodriguez aren't in good shape here. Danny Martinez also got dropped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Danny Martinez also lost a lot of time. But uh, to answer your question, I don't really know. What Bernal did, I quite liked. Not yeah. <laughs> attacking the group to gain yeah. time. Because, listen, <laughs> realistically, if he drops you by 30 seconds, Jonas, yeah. on a nine-minute climb, what's he going to do on the weekend? So the only way yeah. you win this race is if he crashes out. But if he crashes out or gets sick, it doesn't matter if you gave him 30 seconds today or two minutes today. Yeah. He, you want to, if you're O'Connor, defend that second position. Maybe something happens to Jonas, but if he's in this shape, you're not, you're not going to drop him on the weekend. Like it's, it's going to be even more exaggerated. So I understand completely what the chase group did, to be honest. Yeah, when it comes to O'Connor, I do want to add, he had that mechanical in the last kilometer where I was looking at him. I was like, no, let's hope three kilometer rule works, but it did. He's it also did. on 31 seconds together with uh, the Alaphilippe group, with Adam Yates group, with the Bernal group and so forth. Bernal who got called by the group again. But hey, former enemy getting third. Is that shocking? No, punchies. I mean, he had to be pretty good to beat Vine on Mont Bouquet yeah, but... 4K 
he had a weaker moment there. He had his injury at the end of last season, and I feel like he's had trouble coming back. Oh yeah, he's been in. He's not had the best start of the year compared to maybe Catalonia. He was a little bit better last year. Uh, but this terrain really suits him. Uh, the longer climbs don't, I don't think yet, and the TT certainly doesn't. But yeah, the, this sort of climb is actually really, really good for Johansson, and he actually has a fast sprint in the finish. But yeah, Vingegaard wins by 31 seconds ahead of Alaphilippe. Johansson third, Champoussin actually fourth, Max Poole fifth is a nice result, Hindley yeah. sixth, Mars seventh, Yates eighth, Lenny Martinez ninth, with Gadu dropped, Chavez tenth with Bernal. Haig, Giacone, Juanpe, Lando, Benoit all made that group too. And as Benji said, Carapaz lost an additional 14 seconds, 45 behind Jonas. So his podium's gone, I would say. O'Connor's also on 31. And yeah, Gudu and Martinez and Bookman Rodriguez lost 102. Looking down for any other people. Only not a great result. Um, 223, he got properly dropped on this climb. He got only 43rd. Yeah. That was terrible, sorry. But don't you reckon, like, this is... Didn't I say yes? Did I say something about Groupama letting Geniets in the break today? Uh, I do not remember, man. That's far, far away. This is memory. why. Not only is it not selfish, because Gadu doing well at this race after this TT also was completely unrealistic. Yeah. If the breakaway is bigger and stronger with more teams wanting to get into it, and the break is going to win the stage. Does Carapaz go for it as aggressively? Does Vingegaard go doesn't. for it as aggressively? Quickstep don't chase. They just put someone in there. And suddenly you have a much easier overall stage with no bone. The stage win really incentivizes more action. And so, yeah. And then, then Gadu loses another minute today. So sometimes having a rider in the break and, and yeah. making sure that break is successful if you if you don't feel it suits you that day for your GC guys, actually a really good idea. Yumbo did that last. I mean, did they do that last year? No, Wout went in the break on his own and, and then Pog won. Even if Giniette is in the breakaway and he gets caught on the he last climb, he can pace go to back who is dropped. Yeah. So it acts as a satellite rider as well in that scenario. So there's so many reasons why you would want to send a, a rider in the breakaway, even if you want him to support your GC rider, it helps. So I fully agree with that. There's a small thing that I do want to mention that Fingergal stopped his uh, post-stage interview because he uh, said something about the unfortunate event in Annecy today uh, where someone, yeah, someone did something horrible. I'll leave it to that. And he, 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 he said that his thoughts were with the families and basically stop the TV interview. So I think that's a very classy thing to do from Jonas. Yeah, he's obviously very family-orientated. Yeah, that, that's terrible. I hadn't heard about that, uh, actually. Um, but yeah, that's obviously close by to the race. This race is in the, yeah. um, the Alps region in the southeast of France. Okay. Uh, GC now. Vingegaard, 110 ahead of O'Connor, who stays in second. Alaphilippe still in third, but not for long. Yates in fourth. On 126, Groschartner still in fifth on 127. Hindley, Haig move up four spots on 137, 144. Danny Martinez on 207. Guillaume Martin is, rounds out the top 10 with Björk holding ninth for now. Uh, a question on Prime Alaphilippe, Angie. I haven't seen the... Um, <laughs> is... Does like Imola Alaphilippe follow Vingegaard here? Yeah, of course. You're, 100%. You reckon? I believe he does. I don't think so. I believe Prime Alaphilippe does, but Prime Alaphilippe is only the ones that we saw at the at the ultra top, eh? at Imola, at the top. 
Mm. I think I think that would work. But maybe that only works when it comes to Alaphilippe because that stage is also 260 kilometers compared to a stage like this, which isn't that hard. So maybe a Vega would suffer more on a longer stage like that. Yeah. So I'm not as certain as I was five, 15 seconds ago, but. If it was five minutes or six minutes, I would 100% agree. No, when it stretches out above yeah. eight minutes, I'm like, yeah, mm, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I think he's not in bad shape. Getting. Getting dropped like that by Vingegaard's no shame. And yeah. in fact, he pasted, he decided, actually, I'm going to blow up if I follow these two guys. And he pasted a little bit smarter, maybe, than Carapaz. Anyway, tomorrow's stage uh, is another sort of puncher fest from Nantua to Crevolant. This is uh, around the south of Geneva. It actually skirts Annecy, Lake Annecy, and uh, goes just to the, the right of it. It's medium mountain up and down. I'm, assu I'm assuming there's a lot of accumulated climbing in the first 140 k's none of it particularly steep then they do the col des Aravis, which is seven and a half kilometers at six percent to category two just a bit of a warm-up that shouldn't be uh scaring too many people uh, it's not that difficult and then there's the descent and then two climbs kind of it's like the Vorginy, not Vorginy. what's the one the one gadu one against vanar similar this is the same sort of finish they're trying to look for here and it's two climbs. The first one, oh, the profile's mucking up for me. What's the finish? The first one's not as not as hard. Three point two k's, six and a half percent, and then two point four k's at seven percent. This looks a lot more like Alaphilippe territory, and I think he, I think he wins this stage, Benji, because the first six hundred meters are super hard of the final, fourteen percent. But then the last 600 meters are 2%. So if there's a group, it's a flat sprint. And his flat sprint looks the quickest out of all these, these guys. So, yeah, I'm going with Alaphilippe again. So boring. <laughs> I don't in, think he, mm, I want someone else on the paper yeah. here. Jaguar. Jaguar the Tulkan will definitely be competing. That yeah. is uh, our boy Carapaz. He was close on the, uh, on the last sprint at Alaphilippe one. I'm scrolling through the start list. Like, we would have seen Ivan Hills again on this terrain. Like, I, I'm really sad yeah. that he's out of this race. I know, the two stages was, that really suited him. I was so hyped to see what he could do on this terrain, but I guess we won't see it. And when I look at any other teams, I'm like, Sean Quinn once again, next to Carapaz in the same camp of Vication first, but they are clearly picking hard. Carapaz. They're clearly picking Carapaz over Quinn on, these, on this terrain, this race anyway. Godu will be sprinting for it, but he doesn't get, look like... dropped, dude. Yeah. Lenny, exactly. Lenny will sprint like for it. it. Lenny Martinez won't win, though. No, probably not. What's up with Martinez? I don't know. I've been asking that question for four months. Because last, <laughs> last, no, last spring he won Pays Vasco in really, really impressive fashion. He fourth in Liège or third in Liège. He was very, very punchy. I don't know. Now, maybe he's been sick. Maybe he crashed. Maybe he had personal problems. Maybe he's just had a form issue. Maybe he signed a contract somewhere else and he's not trying as hard. These things, you know, cycling, it's impossible to know and there's usually an explanation for things or maybe he just, I don't know. But yeah, he's because it's not like, oh, he got dropped by Vingegaard, he's mm -hmm. so bad. It's like, no, no, he's getting dropped by all the other guys he was on the level of last year in one week's. Um, yeah. Like he's getting dropped by Benoit on a climb. So nah. I don't know. No, nah. Alaphilippe doesn't win. It's former enemy time. Yeah, Hannison. Yeah, former enemy wins. Nah. Well, with my luck, he's going to DNS tomorrow, because yesterday I said Von Hills. 
Yeah, who else is punchy? Chicane. Chicane's nice. Yeah. Hindley's got a decent enough sprint, but it's flat. I, I have to go with Jala. I have to go yeah, with Jala, I'm afraid. Alrighty. Uh, otherwise, we just watched before we started recording the ZLM tour and uh, stage one after the prologue. We wouldn't normally cover it, but Tour de Tietema actually held off with uh, Jentel van der Velde. Yeah. They <laughs> held off a, a peloton led by Jumbo Visma and DSM, which was uh, impressive stuff. It's probably the biggest stage race in the Netherlands, uh, 2.0, Pro, the ZLM Tour. So it's the biggest stage, yes, because Amstel's the biggest race in the Netherlands. But Yeah, because Benelux story count as Belgian, right? Nah, yeah, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you wholeheartedly, my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, Wellsford's strongest in the peloton, but Koi gave up, so I don't know. I want to see a head-to-head -head between Koi and Wellsford there. Yeah. Sprinter, we already discussed the Sprinter musical yeah. chairs. Anyway, that's all the news we've got, I think, for cycling at the moment. Uh, the Giro U23 starts this week. May. Giro yeah. Next Gen, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, they, RCS have taken over it, so it's now owned or managed or produced by RCS, so... Whether that's an upgrade or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at Luke Lamperti, he's a sprinter there on Trinity. There's some also obviously some other good riders. So yeah, we'll be back tomorrow for the punchy finish. We've been watching Tour de, the Tour de France Unchanged Netflix series, and we'll have the recap of that on Monday as well. But first, Dauphiné Stage Six tomorrow. Till then, ciao. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.